Streaming 24-7. Oh my God, it's better than I thought. This is Radio Influence. Football fans, it's time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, TJ Reeves. Yes, here we are. Another edition, another installment in the month of October. Yes, not just October, but October for the only digital radio show devoted to underdogs in college football in the NFL. It is Three Dog Thursday. I am your somewhat humble host, fresh off of being out in the Arizona desert with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers getting blasted by the Arizona Cardinals. Although I was also in person at Arizona State's upset of Washington. More on that in a bit. First, without further delay, here is our expert, our analyst, the senior handicapper and writer from VegasInsider.com. Kevin Rogers is back with me. Good to be back with you, my friend, for another edition. Yep. Going to be back, and we're right in the middle of October, which is good. Very busy time, and trying to find some more winners. We're going to try to, yes. And you and I had the Pittsburgh Steelers together. Uh, coincidentally, while we're just chatting here and getting this show ready to go for Thursday, the NFL Network is replaying that game, Steelers over Chiefs. You and I both believe they would win that game. They would bounce back. What are your impressions, just real quick, on what the Steelers were able to do? Well, they trusted the ground game with Le'Veon Bell, and also they stopped Kareem Hunt. And then you had that very impressive touchdown by Antonio Brown down the sidelines, which put the game away. But uh, it's just the NFL. And, you know, for as good of a start as Kansas City got off to, they've had problems with Pittsburgh over the last year or so, losing to them twice last year. And then, of course, on Sunday for the Steelers, you know, this was a spot they were going to come back in after they lost by three touchdowns to Jacksonville at home where really – they didn't play too bad defensively. It was just Ben Roethlisberger was intercepted five times. Two of those were taken back for touchdowns. And Leonard Fournette had a late 90-yard touchdown run. But besides that, Jacksonville's offense really didn't do much in that game. So, you know, now you're getting points with Pittsburgh in a spot where they've had the Chiefs number. I just thought the Steelers was the right uh, was the right side. And it did end up being that way for you and me. And we'll talk more about the NFL in our, in our final segment that you and I do and look at some NFL underdogs. Uh, on this. Uh, I also want to uh, go back to that Arizona State win. I should mention to the audience, even though you took Pitt on the show, uh, you you were good to me. You said, I want Arizona State. I said, I'm going to take Arizona State. You said, okay, I've got another underdog that I like. So you you loved Arizona State in that spot with Washington. And Kevin, I was out there at Sun Devil Stadium late night, Saturday night. They dominated that game uh, with the Huskies. Surprising that it was a low-scoring game. I I was just shocked at how well Arizona State's defense played. Maybe more disappointed in how uh, ineffective Jake Browning was. And and Washington sleptwalked through a lot of that game. But you and I both liked the Sun Devils in that matchup. Yeah, and that was a really good win for Arizona State that, uh, you know, they've been a team that's been very up and down over the last few years with Todd Graham. But, you know, these teams that complain and complain and complain like Washington did about their late kickoffs and all this other stuff, well, it came back to bite you. Now no one cares to watch you. And <laughs> this is what it is. They, they had a run to the Final Four last year, and they played out east against Alabama, and Alabama humbled them. And, you know, Chris Peters is still a really good coach. Washington's still a good program. There's no – there's no debating that, but you're not USC. You're not, you know, UCLA or, or some of these other Western schools that people really care about. And I'm, I'm sorry. That's just what the case is. And they keep getting on these late night games and are complaining about it. Well, it came back to, to bite you. And now no one really cares about what you're going to do unless you're a fan of the program. So, you know, it, it is what it is with them. And, you know, we saw Washington state lose the night before oh. to Cal and all these teams are now falling off. And, it's going to be interesting, you know, moving forward that we're not going to have a lot of undefeated teams over the next few weeks. Well, and you wonder if there's a couple more losses here and there, will the Pac-12 potentially get nudged out uh, of the playoff here? Washington was in it representing them last year, but might they go bye-bye 
uh, here. I mean, the Pac-12 was not involved in the playoff two years ago, but they may be missing out, uh, especially with that Washington State defeat and USC has taken a couple of losses. They're playing Notre Dame coming up. That's a perfect segue uh, here. I know the first college football playoff rankings don't come out for a couple of weeks, but right now give me a preliminary Kevin Rogers college football playoff final four alabama's the rubber stamp given all right so we know alabama's in give me the other three that you would have right now as we take a look at it heading towards uh the end of october i would say if georgia ends up getting to the sec championship regardless of the result against alabama i think they get in so that's my second then the other two I would say whoever comes out of the Big 12, because Oklahoma can still get in. If Oklahoma beats TCU and Oklahoma State and then wins the Big 12 title, they've already beaten Ohio State, I'd say Oklahoma would get in. And then the fourth one, it would be, I guess... Penn State, maybe? Penn State? Or no, you don't believe in them to get all the way? To go either Big 10 or ACC, because it's not going to be the Pac-12, because they're down. I would say... You know, it all depends on, you know, what Penn State does against Michigan and Ohio State. I know it's kind of, like, obvious, but, you know, if Penn State can win those two games, i got to think that they are in. If they don't, does Ohio State sneak back in, maybe, if they were to run the table? Uh, so that's one. I mean, Clemson really yep. shot themselves in the foot with that Syracuse loss. But, you know, I don't I, – the problem is, is now you're going to start comparing resumes – of about four teams, four or five teams that can have one loss that are all kind of interchangeable. So you can have a group of Clemson and Penn State and Ohio State that can, I mean, even Miami's in that mix. They're still undefeated. You know, we'll see what they can do. You have a whole bunch of teams there, Oklahoma State, depending on what happens with them. You know, so I still think the Big 12 will get one. I really do. But after that, you got about four or five teams that things have to break their way. And if they do, I mean, still even include Notre Dame in there. I mean, if they keep, they beat USC and they keep on winning, you know, so there's just a whole bunch of teams that have an opportunity to get in at all. It's just all going to shake out the next few weeks. Well, and we should point out Clemson lost the regular season game last year, overcame it, won the ACC with Deshaun Watson, got in the playoff and eventually won the playoff. And of course, Ohio State got in the playoff with a loss and didn't even win the Big Ten. So that's kind of to your point. You got to watch some more football and see how it plays out. And for Penn State, we're going to talk more about them in a couple of moments. They have Michigan this week off the bye week and then at Columbus next week. So their season a big-time riding, postseason, Big Ten title, college football playoff on these next two games uh, for the Nittany Lions in, in a bit. want to tell you also in a bit, we're going to shift gears a little bit. Kevin and I will talk some college football underdogs here. And then Kenny Anderson, former NBA All-Star guard, former number 2 overall pick in the NBA draft, former college All-American, played in the Final Four at Georgia Tech. The start of the NBA season is here, Kevin Rogers, and Kenny Anderson will be here. I look forward to talking with him about the start of the hoops. He's going to talk some underdogs. Kenny is a big Dallas Cowboy fan, even though he's from New York. So I want to talk to him a little, about, a little bit about pro football, especially with the New York teams both bouncing back. Uh, so we'll, we'll talk to him about that, and he's also got a documentary about his life. So Kenny Anderson coming up in a little bit on Three Dog Thursday. But first, college football underdogs for you and for me. Uh, all right, so we'll let you begin this week. Where do you want to start on Three Dog Thursday for underdog purposes? Uh, Kevin, go ahead. I know it's very dangerous to take bad teams, but I'm also going against a team that's struggling. I, I kind of like Illinois this week against Minnesota. Wow. I'll tell you why. First of all, Minnesota, row the boat, P.J. Fleck. I know, understand he brings a lot of enthusiasm and ingenuity to that program. They started 3-0, and beating a bunch of bums out of the gate, but they're 0-3 in Big Ten play. Now they're laying two touchdowns. Everybody lost to Maryland, who – had its backup quarterback in. They blew the Purdue game late. They hung with Michigan State, but they still lost that game. Now you're laying two touchdowns. You haven't won a conference game yet. And Illinois, yeah, they're coming off a really bad effort against Rutgers. I actually liked Rutgers last week. The line movement kind of dictated that. And I know that you feel like Lovey Smith, like the door could be open where he could be kicked out. But I just don't trust a team that's lost three in a row, and they can't finish these games. They don't really have an impressive win yet. And for Illinois – yeah, they're not good. I, I acknowledge that. But still, getting two touchdowns in this one, I think that, again, I don't like saying take teams unless you think they could win. 
I can see Illinois hanging around in this game. I just don't have a lot of faith in Minnesota right now. How about that? So it's more anti-Minnesota. And obviously, I know Lovey Smith and have affection for him, having been the Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach for a couple of years. And he was an assistant 20 years ago with the Bucs under Tony Dungy's staff. When the Bucs came back to prominence, he was a linebacker's coach at that time, coach of the Bears that went to the Super Bowl. Part of my argument has been he hasn't been a college coach for over 20 years, almost 25 years of his career. It's not just as easy to step back in and suddenly know the world of 17, 18, and 19-year-olds in recruiting and getting them to play, and they have been wiped out four games in a row, going back to the USF loss, and now their three Big Ten losses to Nebraska and to Iowa, and even Rutgers handled them uh, easily. I just don't know. It's almost a tailspin. Can they pull out of the tailspin? Uh, they've got a they've got a nice story with a little running back that's a freshman that's played well. Uh, Jeff George's son. This is how old we are, Kevin Rogers. Jeff George's son is one of the quarterbacks. I don't know about Illinois in that game, but you're believing in them against Minnesota. Uh, but as you laid out, it's more kind of anti the Gophers uh, laying out that many points. I'm going to go kind of along the same line with the college underdog with a team that is playing at home that I think is getting too many points. It is right now very fashionable to back the USF Bulls in American Athletic Conference play, and why not? The Bulls off to their best start in program history. They've matched their best start at 6-0. and They're in the top 25, got an outstanding quarterback in Quentin Flowers, at least an outstanding running quarterback in Quentin Flowers. So they're 6-0, and but they have struggled at the beginning of games, even while winning. They have It has favored them that they've played suspect competition. Teams like Cincinnati and East Carolina and Illinois haven't been very good. They, they beat Cincinnati easily last week, but Cincinnati's bad. They're now 2-4 and four on the season. Tulane is good. Tulane did get beaten decisively by Oklahoma, but they have won a couple of games. They are at home. They can run the ball. I think they will give USF some trouble. I'm not taking the outright upset, but I think the green wave of Tulane keep this game close Saturday night with the Bulls and give me Tulane plus the 11.5 to hang in there and give USF really their first close game since going back uh, to week two when they had problems with Division One AA Stony Brook. They didn't put Stony Brook away until the fourth quarter of that game, a game that Stony Brook was actually winning in the third quarter. At, at Tampa against USF. Bulls haven't been really challenged or tested since then. I think Tulane tests them, Kevin, real quick on Saturday. A lot of talk in our state about USF and UCF, Central Florida, both trying to go undefeated. We'll see. Again, I don't I don't think the Bulls lose the game. I just think Tulane hangs in there, just real quick. Yeah, and Tulane with the, the triple option, with Willie Fritz, who's the former coach at Georgia Southern, and bringing that offense to uh, Tulane, where yeah, there's been improvement there, definitely, with the green wave, but yeah, I mean, this is a state that it was Miami, Florida, Florida State were the, were the kings of the state, and obviously the Hurricanes still undefeated. But USF and UCF have made a lot of inroads, and uh, you know, who knows if we'll see them later on? Maybe one, I mean, one of them obviously will finish undefeated because they play each other. But you know, we'll see if one of them. Who knows if they could? I don't know if they'll sneak into that top four, but if they'll still be, you know, a team that can go to a high level bowl game, right? And the group of six is looming. The New Year's Six bowl games uh, is the group of five champion team that could it could come down to USF or UCF to get into the Peach Bowl, as it would turn out. Uh, and again, for Tulane, they have wins over Army and Tulsa. Tulsa not very good in the American Conference. Lost to down in your part of the world, the Florida International Golden Panthers last week, and Butch Davis got them last week. But I think I think they will bounce back and at least. Keep it close on Three Dog Thursday with USF uh, at six and zero, trying to get to seven and zero. They've never been seven and zero before. They got a chance to do that this week for Charlie Strong and the Bulls. All right, your second college underdog, sir, on Three Dog Thursday, Kevin Rogers. Whom do you like? I know you went with Kansas State last week against TCU. Oh. They lost. I'm going to take a shot with the Wildcats this week. They're getting double digits against Oklahoma, and Oklahoma blew that twenty nothing lead against Texas. They end up winning that game in the Red River Shootout. And now, you know, you wonder if there's going to be a letdown spot for the Sooners where they have, you know, monster pressure on them to keep winning to have a shot at getting to that Final Four. But for Kansas State, you know, coming off that loss to Texas in two overtimes and getting blown out by a good TCU team, that now you're getting double digits at home. And, you know, you said last week that K-State's always been a good home underdog for Bill Snyder. I think this could be the week that maybe – you know, you take a shot with them that Oklahoma's had K-State some of the last few years. But uh, now after Oklahoma lost to Iowa State, they struggled to put away Texas. I don't know. I mean, is there, you know, are, 
Is it, are they falling apart a little bit? Who knows? But I'll take the points here at Kansas State. Well, and last week they had the three-hour lightning thunderstorm delay before the game ever started. TCU got out to the lead. Uh, Kansas State was hanging in. Kansas State was actually driving in the second half in the late third quarter, early fourth quarter, down 20-6. to six. And the lightning and thunder came back, and they had another hour-plus delay. The, uh, the, the Wildcats ended up having that drive end in a turnover. They never recovered, got beat, I believe, 27-6. to So you can maybe dismiss the weather, but now they're right back at home, and you're right. They may be dangerous on the letdown there against Oklahoma, which had their problems with Texas. They had the lead early and, and almost gave up a 17 to nothing lead in that game before winning uh, the rivalry game in Dallas. So Sooners, K-State, you will go with K-State in that matchup. I am going to go to the primetime showdown Michigan and Penn State, Kevin. Uh, I know Penn State off the bye week. Michigan had a, had their hands full in an overtime win against Indiana, who's better than, uh, than a lot of people realize in the Big Ten. They are improved. Uh, Michigan getting a lot of points here as the underdog. I got another underdog stat uh, here in this instance that Jim Harbaugh now in his third season, Kevin, has only been the road underdog on th- two previous occasions. This is just the third time. The first time he was the road underdog was against Utah in his opening game at the beginning of the 2015 season. They did not cover. They lost the game. The other time was the last game of the regular season last year against Ohio State. They were an underdog. They lost in overtime to Ohio State, but they did cover as a road underdog. So this is only the third time. It's a lot of points. You know who has the number one statistical defense right now in college football? Take a guess. Michigan. Michigan Wolverines. I like Michigan to hang in with Saquon Barkley. Yes, he's talented, can run the ball. I'm taking Michigan here to maybe pull the upset. I certainly will take the nine and a half points. Harbaugh coaches them up. What do you make of that? Penn State, Michigan primetime. They'll they'll white it out. They'll have all white shirts on everywhere in Happy Valley. What do you make of that game? Well, like I mentioned before, Penn State obviously must win for them the rest of the way that they can't afford to slip up and you wonder with Michigan if they could win this one and you know put that Michigan State loss for a few weeks ago behind them if Michigan can still hang around in this race because they have Ohio State later on in the season and of course the Big Ten title for all these teams so really you know it still is wide open for those three I mean Michigan State still hanging around as well so it, it really is a good race in the Big Ten going down the stretch and you know for Penn State you know they avoided an upset with Iowa last month but uh, it still is. You know, we're getting to this point of the season where now it's really crunch time. It's really must win for these teams. And again, they'll follow it up with games against Ohio State and against Michigan State. So are they maybe looking ahead off the bye week for James Franklin's team? They'll be jacked up at home. Michigan has a chance to play the spoiler role. We'll find out. I'll take the Wolverines as my second underdog. All right, Kevin, stand by. We have got much more on the way. Kenny Anderson will be here when we're here straight ahead. Kevin will be back with NFL conversation and underdogs in our final segment. But the former NBA point guard, all-star, former number 2 overall pick, Kenny Anderson will be here to talk about the start of the NBA season and some underdogs in the NFL. He's a big pro football guy. We'll talk with him coming up as Three Dog Thursday continues. Three Dog Thursday brought to you in part by FanPlayoff.com. Play postseason fantasy football like you never have before for free. Coming this January. Find out more by going to FanPlayoff.com. The dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is T.J. Reeves. Oh, yes. We uh, we are continuing on Three Dog Thursday. Something a little different, but it will come back to underdogs. Let's talk a little bit about the start of the NBA season. Let's also talk about this guy's life a little bit because it's an interesting life. And he may even weigh in on some NFL underdogs, too. He is former NBA All-Star guard Kenny Anderson, who is with me once again on the radio shows and having fun, but this time kind of... Uh, in a multitasking role, not just basketball, a little football, and a little bit about his documentary about his life. Good to be with you, Mr. Chibs. Chibs is his nickname. Mr. Chibs, how you feeling? What's up, my, what's, what's up, my man? Great, man. Thanks for having me on. All right. Awesome. So the NBA season has started. The, the first question to you with the games getting underway, is this a foregone conclusion that it's Golden State 
and Cleveland, Kenny, and we're just we're going to go through the regular season in the next six months or so to end up with those two teams in the finals eventually next June. Are we just are we just marking time and passing time to see the Warriors and the Cavaliers for a fourth straight year in the finals? Yeah, I, I guess you know everybody is uh, shooting for that, but it's a it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Um, you know, you gotta you know, everything got to work out. <laughs> you got you got to be healthy. You know, um, you know, but right now, if I had to, to bet on it, I would I would go with uh, Golden State against Cleveland. And, and uh, again, that's that that's the be the fourth time four <laughs> years in a row they'd be going at it. And um, you know, we'll have to see though. You have, you have played uh, in previous eras where the Lakers were dominant or the Celtics were dominant. Uh, maybe not every single year. I mean, obviously in the 1980s, the Lakers were there eight of the ten years in the 80s in the NBA Finals. Is it good for the NBA to basically have the same two teams be the most talked about teams and the teams playing for the title? Or would it be better for the NBA for it to be a little varied up? What do you think? Yeah, a little both. You know, I think everybody's getting tired of, you know, seeing four years in a row, you know, Golden State and uh, Cleveland. But in the East, for instance, it's a lot of parity there. It's not a lot of great teams. The West has gotten better with all these movements of players going to different teams. So, you know, I, you know, it's the league, for the money-wise of it, it's, it's, it's huge right now. The billion-dollar business is global. It's, uh, they had a great, they're, they're a great peak right now for the league. Yeah, there's no doubt. All right, so yeah. the horrible injury to Gordon Hayward. Most everybody mm-hmm. knows, as we're talking about it here, about the dislocated ankle. Roughly five minutes into his first game as a Boston Celtic after signing the massive contract as a free agent from Utah. I mean, Kenny, it, it's awful. Uh, I mean, there's no other way around it. It's likely season-ending. It's possibly, you hate to say it, it's possibly career-threatening, that kind of injury. He may not be the same uh, after that kind of injury. Just awful. What are you? What are your thoughts? I mean, nobody wanted to look. You saw the Cavs bench. Nobody wanted to look at it. Yeah, first of all, you know, you, you're sick being a former athlete of injuries, especially that type of injury. He signs a big contract, going going on so much, uh, um, you know, worth in that team in that future, you know. But I think on the bright side, you know, first of all, my prayers go out to him and his family. Hopefully, a speedy recovery. But you know. I, they still have talent there, number one. Number two, it wasn't going to happen for the Celtics this year. I didn't think so, you know, but their future, down the road, five, maybe five to ten years, they're all young. You know, first of all, Jalen Brown, mm-hmm. Jason, uh, Jason Tanner, their, their growth is going to speed up. So they're going to they're gonna step in and they're going to have more of a, a big-time role. Um, Al Horford, they'll still be right there in the mix of things in the East. The East is not that – it's just a lot of parity in the East. So, you know, I think they're four, maybe the three, four, five-ish, you know, where before the injury they probably was one, two, uh, one, two or three, you know. But I didn't think – I wouldn't bet on them winning a championship this year. But um, their future is bright. Those guys are young. And then, uh, Gordon Hayes, when you get injuries like that, and he's still young. So his bones and everything, you know, he, he might recover extremely quickly, you know, on that end. But like you said, you never know. Yeah. Will he come back? And be that type of player. Well, you know, a la Paul George did. Had a hell of a year last year. Broke yes, his leg. Did. Yes, and, and he did. So, you know, with all the tech uh, technology now, you know, with these injuries, I, I'm not worried. I think he'll come back stronger. I think he'll be fine. But the, the Boston Celtics, I, their, their future is bright. I, you know, I know it's, a, it's negative right there. It's a, dark, it's a cloud, but I think they'll be fine. Kyrie Irving, he's going to do his thing. Uh, Jason Tam and J- Jalen Brown and Offered. They still got pieces there. They still talented. Love the inside of this man, who in many of his NBA stops was an all-star in the NBA. Played for the Boston Celtics. Was in the Eastern Conference Finals with the Boston Celtics, the number two overall pick back in the NBA draft in 1990. Kenny Anderson with us as part of Three Dog uh, Thursday. Did you ever? I think I remember you telling this story. Maybe I have it crossed up. Did you ever have a significant injury, something like a foot or knee and ankle? And if so, what are you telling? What are you telling yourself if you're not playing for a while? Well, everybody thinks that my injury slowed me down. I was on my way, ninety three, ninety four. I got broke my wrist. John Starks pushed me out of the air, and we was on our way that year. We was one of the top teams in the East, um, and I had to sit out. You know that season, I broke my left, my, my wrist, and um, you know I came back, came back even better, stronger. Made the All Star team the following year, and the team did extremely well. We lost in the first round, but. 
you know, you just have to rehab. You have to just, you know, be determined. You know, you, you just can't be fear. You can't have fear. You got to re- rehab. How important, if I can interrupt, how important are the people yeah. around you encouraging you, friends, family, loved ones, right. coaches, teammates? How big is that and how big will it be for Hayward in this instance? It'll be big, but hey, listen, I'm, I'm big. I'm old school. It's within you. What, what you're going to do, what you're willing to do, you know, rehab. Like I said, he's very young. I was young. He has, he has you know, five or ten, ten years left in his career. He will come back stronger, and I think he will be with his work ethic and the type of person. I don't know him personally, but, um, you know, he made it to this level. He had, he's an all-star. So he, he will be fine. I, I really believe that. And um, it's just about what, what you have in you, the will. And uh, he wants to really show and prove that he's worthy. You know, first of all, the big contract and also playing with a tradition, tradition uh, uh, organization like the Celtics. They were counting on him. I think he, I think he realizes that, and he's going to really uh, work hard and come back even stronger. All right. You know what we do here? We talk football, and you and I don't often talk very much football. But I do know this about Mr. Chibs, Kenny Anderson, the former NBA All-Star. You are a Dallas Cowboy fan. I see you on social media talking about the Cowboys, and you might tweet a, a sentence or two or a picture about the Cowboys. You're a New York City guy through and through. How did you end up a Dallas Cowboy fan, Kenny? Yeah. Yeah, I get all the hate from my New Yorkers. I'm a true New Yorker. I should be a Jet or Giant fan, but I wasn't. My mother, you know, in 81, bought me um, home a um, uh, Danny White jersey from Models. And um, ever since then, I'm a Danny White guy. I love that's it. Who, uh, that's who got me, you know, rooting for the Cowboys. And I had a radio show about five, six years ago, and he knew that I was a big fan of, Dan- of his, and he sent me an autographed football. Oh. You know, Danny White and uh, and 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 I'm 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 just a cowboy nation, man. That's what it's all about. Now, I'm not jumping off the ship. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> we will be fine. <laughs> we this, will be fine. This man goes back to Tony Dorsett. I'm speaking your language now. Yep. To Drew Pearson, uh, all you know, pick Ed Too Tall Jones. Pick all Jones, the cowboys yep. back in the '80s. Uh, the Dallas mm-hmm. Cowboys were were once the mighty America's team. Maybe maybe waned a little bit. Now they're back some. Yeah. Hey, hey, what what do you make of this as a football fan? This whole mess back and forth with Ezekiel Elliott is he suspended? Is he reinstated? It's in the court system. It's it's worse than General Hospital or the Young and the Restless with this yeah. soap opera. Are they just going to let Ezekiel Elliott play football for your Cowboys? Yeah, it's a distraction, man. I think it's a distraction in him. We got some, you know, we had some injuries at the front line. Our front line is not really doing as well as, as last year. But also with him, he has to figure this thing out. I don't know. I just wish me, I don't know, being, you know, a fan of a Cowboys, it's a distraction. Maybe just go ahead and take the suspension and let's start, you know, let's, you know, we got McFadden, we got the other, I've got the other guy that's backing him up. Let's, let's, let's run, let's use our running backs as a committee. You know what I mean? But it's a, it's a lot, it's distraction. It's a distraction for him. And I don't care what nobody says. Right. Being a former athlete, when you're dealing with off field, off court problems, Sometimes that could that can just you know just over on top of you. You know you're thinking about that 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 issue that you're dealing Good point. with. Good so, point. Um, it, it's it's definitely man. I, I you know it's just it's just rough and they haven't they up and down inconsistent. But I just think we're still we're still going to be in the mix of things in the NFC East. I, I know that because we only played one game. We want to know. And we, we played out of, out of division most of the game. <laughs> I love Kenny Anderson. This is the we about the Cowboys. We, we only played one game. Okay, so again, you're a New York guy, even though you now live in South Florida. You're a New York guy, and the Giants pulled one of the bigger upsets in recent yeah. memory in a regular season game. No one, Kenny. I'm not even sure the Giants knew for sure that they could win that game at Denver. But, man, they outplayed them last Sunday night. The Giants are a significant underdog at home with the Seahawks again this week. But what's I mean the Giants got some mojo back despite some injured players there last Sunday night. Kenny. Yeah, yeah the, the mojo is, is going. I'm a New Yorker, so when they don't have nothing to do with uh, my Cowboys, I definitely root for New York. I definitely root for the Giants, also the Jets. If my you know when my Cowboys get eliminated, but I want to see them you know do as well as they possibly can, but not better than my Cowboys. I think with the flow, the momentum, I they have a chance to beat Seattle. You know what I mean? So it's going to be very interesting. 
And Seattle's banged up, and Seattle's had the yep. week off, and the and Eli found a way throwing to the young tight end Ingram. Uh, it looked like some receivers that are just kind of off the street, but Eli makes it work, and the Giant defense made it work. Jason Pierre-Paul was a maniac. Uh, with all the sacks last week, so we'll see about the Giants as a significant underdog uh, there. And how about the Jets? Hey, the Jet, the Jets came to life, Kenny. I mean, everybody was writing them off. They had fired Todd yeah. Bowles, and now they've won some games. The Jets are playing the Dolphins this week. Say something about the Jets for a minute. Yeah, yeah they were. The Jets wasn't even supposed to win a game, and they're, <laughs> they're playing better than the Giants right now. So you know, the Jets—they have an opportunity to come down here and, and beat the Dolphins. But the Dolphins have been playing well, also. So. We'll have to see, you know what I mean? But um, when they come down here, I have a lot of Dolphin fans, you know, that's been, I always mess with them being that I'm from New York. So I'm rooting for my New York team this weekend. I'm going uh, with them. I love it. This is Kenny Anderson with me. I'm going to tell you more about how you can find out about his stuff in just a second. You've got a documentary that is out about your story mm-hmm. from being a playground legend, a high school star, eventually an All-American at Georgia Tech, an NBA star, really having it all through basketball, and then honestly losing a lot of it and now making a, a recovery or rebound. Uh, the name of your documentary is Mr. Chibs. Uh, basketball is easy. Life is hard. Tell, tell me more about the documentary because it's now released. It's out. And what does that mean to you to be telling your story on the big screen and now even the smaller screens? People can watch it on TV, on the computer, that kind of stuff. What does it mean? Uh, it, means, it means the world of me. I wanted to get my message out. It wasn't about money at the time. I just being a child prodigy growing up in New York and all the obstacles I had to overcome to to eat, just get a scholarship, you know, going to Georgia Tech and uh, being the number two pick in the NBA draft, being the youngest player in the NBA at 20 in 1991. And just my, I went all in, you know, I was, I was an open book with my documentary because, you know, my wife sat down before we did it. She was like, if you're going to do it, you got to be real and you got to be honest. And I wasn't going to do it. I don't think if my mother was living, I don't know if I would have did the documentary, but, you know, my mother passed in 2005 and all the things that I was going through. I said, you know what? Maybe I can sacrifice myself to help someone else, maybe battling some of the things that I was battling. And and that's one of the reasons I did it. And it's just it was therapy. You know, my d- director, Jill Campbell, did a hell of a job, shadowed me for five years. Some of my peers that that uh, I looked up to that mentor, they're on it. You know, some my, people that was in my life that need some substance to me, they was on the documentary. So it's more than just a basketball doc. This is just a life lesson. I think all these young kids definitely get a chance. You should watch it, even adults. Some of the things that, you know, the, fail, the you know, failed marriages, eight kids later, you know, with some of the mistakes I made. So it's just a human, human being uh, documentary, just being yep. honest with myself. And, and, um, it's and I can great, tell, it's a great I can tell through the process, very therapeutic for you, and that's the message to other people. Get help, too, with some of what you yeah. went through. Go get help, ask yeah. for help, and get some, get some, uh, get some yeah. people to uplift you and support you. I did. I did that, and then helped me and to live a productive life now. I'm down in Florida. You know, I have my two kids live with me and my wife, and um, living very comfortably, living very well. And, um, you know, I still got still still work in progress. I think we all are work in progress, you know, um, to, to, to keep improving on myself, trying to be better. And I was just trying to be a better like later basketball. My slogan that I love so much, you know, the Mr. Chip, basketball is easy. Life is hard. Yes, it so is. It's been it's been easy for me my whole life, basketball. But now just real life, you know, moving on and, and getting older and not getting younger, uh, raising a family. um, I'm being a point guard, you know, of the household. You know what I mean? So, it's, <laughs> it, it can be trying times at times. But um, I, I think all my life experiences, everything I've been through, I, I, I think it's, a, it's been a blessing. And like I always like to tell my kids, and listen, everybody has a different route. <laughs> this is my route. You know what I mean? And uh, you, don't, you don't cry. You don't, you don't pout. You don't complain. You just get up and you do it. Because everybody's going to fall. It's who gets up, wipe the dirt off, and keep it moving. I love it from Kenny Anderson. I, I, I joke around with this guy all the time. Mr. Chibs made basketball look easy. 
The rest of us, basketball may not be as easy, but he did make basketball look easy. Smooth with that left-handed jumper at Georgia Tech or whether he was in the NBA. Uh, they can find out more about your documentary, Mr. Chibs. They can go to Canopy Streaming with a K. Canopy is a new streaming service, K-A-N-O-P-Y, Canopy Streaming. It's like a version of Netflix, but in this case, uh, they've got an opportunity through their local library to simply sign up, and they can see the documentary that we're talking about through that streaming service. Did I get all that right? Is that correct? Exactly. Exactly. That's it. And then also you can go on my website, MrChibs.com, and you could just, you know, see, because it's, it's being, it's, it's contracted out by Canopy um, next, like next month, two months, a month and a half. We um, Netflix is looking at it. Urban. Sure. Um, network is uh, looking at it. They're going to buy it. So I'm really excited. It's, get, it's getting a lot of great reviews. And uh, it's just a raw, it's just a raw, it's raw, but it's done classy. You know what I'm saying? Documentary. So, you know, I'm, 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 I'm blessed that I was able to tell my story. And um, it, it's very inspirational. I've been talking to Kenny for about three years about this documentary. It has truly been a labor of love. You may not have heard him because he said it quickly. They followed him for five years about his story, the filmmaker Jill Campbell, her her staff, her personnel, to put this documentary together. And it's more about life, about Kenny's life, again, being a phenom in New York and his life in the NBA and his life now after basketball. So, again, CanopyStreaming.com has it. You can go to his website, which is Mr. Chibs, C-H-I-B-B-S. Chibs was always your nickname, right? Your mama called you that, so you were Chibs. Now, you know, a little bit on that, real quick, it's very dear to me. My mother uh, gave me the name Chibs when I was five days old when they brought me in in the room to see her. She named me Ch- I didn't know my name was Kenneth until, you know, kindergarten. Cause she, cause she registered me for kindergarten. So my friends and my family, everybody in Queens, New York, called me Chibs. So Chibs is very dear to me. Me and my mother is a real connection. And uh, it's just uh, I had to name it Mr. Chibs. I love it. it. And if you find him on Twitter, he's Chibs underscore one. Kenny Anderson, Chibs. I love I love this. So Chibs, a famous hoop player. Chibs, a big Dallas Cowboy fan. We'll see about the Cowboys and the 49ers this weekend. 49ers don't have a win. They may be dangerous against the Cowboys off the off the bye. We'll see. Kenny's yeah, going to be rooting on those Cowboys, though, for this week, aren't you? You're going to be fired up. You're going to see what they oh, do. Oh, definitely, definitely. But the dangerous team, when you own five, and even when I played in the NBA, you never wanted to go into an arena when a team lost three, four, five in a row. Those are real dangerous teams. They're playing extremely hard for, for a win. So this is going to be an interesting game. We really need this game. So I'm, I'm, I love I'm it. A really, we really need this game. I love the we about the Cowboys. Listen, good luck still with the documentary. They can go to Canopy Streaming, another plug with a K, Canopy Streaming, and see the documentary. They can go to MrChibs.com to see Kenny's life story on uh, on the documentary film. I always love it, Mr. Chibs. Good luck with the documentary. We thank you, sir, for being with us on Three Dog Thursday. Uh, it's a pleasure always. Thank you. Three Dog Thursday brought to you in part by FanPlayoff.com. Play postseason fantasy football like you never have before for free. Coming this January. Find out more by going to FanPlayoff.com. Who are this week's top dogs in pro and college football? We are back on Three Dog Thursday. As we do roll on one more time, thank you to Kenny Anderson for being with us, the NBA All-Star Guard. Uh, Great stuff about his life in that documentary. And again, go to Canopy Streaming with a K, K K-A-N-O-P-Y, Canopy Streaming, to find out more about his documentary, Mr. Chibs. Uh, Basketball is easy, life is hard, the documentary of his life story. Love him coming on and being part of Three Dog Thursday. I'm going to call Kevin Rogers, our senior handicapper, VegasInsider.com, back in here with us. He's a guy that can handle the rock. He can shoot the three, if we're talking basketball terms. But he's back with me to talk uh, some pro football uh, here as we get into our final segment. Uh, Okay, so as we call you back in, I mentioned my Buccaneers all the way back at the beginning of the show got wiped out in Arizona. Some very interesting games. We talked about the Steelers and that win uh, over the Chiefs. How about the controversy in the Patriots-Jets game where where the Jets looked like they were potentially going to tie the game, be in great position to win the game. They overturn a second half, what would have been a touchdown from the tight end, Austin Safarian Jenkins, replay overturning a call on the field of touchdowns saying they couldn't see if Safarian Jenkins lost the ball or not or fully controlled the ball or not when he hit the pylon. 
Kevin, there are a lot of fans losing their mind right now about instant replay. That was a huge call going the Patriots' way, overturning a touchdown. They go on to win the game. What do you make of all that with the replay and the controversies and what's a catch or not and all that stuff? Well, I think the NFL has got a major problem because if they can't explain themselves. There's too much inconsistency with all these calls. And, you know, I never understood why you can't. I'll get to the call in a second. I never understood why you can reach out to break the plane but not have control of the ball. But you have to have, make, you have, to have a catch to stay in bounds all throughout the rest of the field. Like, why is it different there? I never understood that rule. And then you have this situation in the Jets game where, yes, I understand what the rule was, but at the same time, seeing how it affected it, that's got to be scratched. That there's no way that the ball can barely bounce out of your hands, hit the pylon, but you recover it, and it's a touchback. That's that's ridiculous. It just doesn't make any sense. And fundamentally, how, how do you do that? What they have preached is it's got to be clear and convincing evidence that he fumbled that ball. That replay is not clear and convincing that he fumbled it. He bobbled it, yes, but there's no evidence that he fumbled it to overturn the call by by their own policy. They should have left well enough alone, I believe. On well, also, too, the way that that rule should be, if he fumbled, but give him the ball at the one-yard line. If you don't want to call the touchdown, I'll call the touchdown, then give him the ball at the one. But the lose possession of the ball... Mm. Because it barely went out, you know, of your hands for a tenth of a second, and you still recovered it, and that and that warrants you losing the ball is is just dumb. It doesn't make any sense in the NFL. You know, we went back to the Tuck rule years ago that no one even knew that existed, yep. and then everyone heard about it. I mean, there's just so many rules that I don't even know it's archaic or they just never came up. And then when they come up in these games, they come at the worst possible time. You know, I know there's never a good time to have a touchdown overturn. But it feels like all these big plays are always coming in the fourth quarter of a playoff game, or always coming at the end. You know, and you know, you got to say to yourself, what is a catch? What isn't? There, there's just too many rules that are up for inter- interpretation that need to get fixed. Well, and, and uh, there was a fumble play. Uh, you probably know this because there was a bunch of different games going on. But in the Arizona Buccaneers game, the Buccaneers were being blown out, but suddenly got a fumble return to help them get back in the game. They were down 31-12, to ended up getting a fumble return by Levante David for a touchdown, and eventually got a two-point conversion to make the game 31-20. to And on that play, there was big controversy as to whether Larry Fitzgerald's arm was down or not. He he lost the ball on the way down. Was his arm or his elbow down? And I was saying on the live radio broadcast, the two or three replays they were showing, you could not conclusively see is his arm down. You could see the ball coming out, but you couldn't see the arm or the elbow down. And we kept saying, if it's not conclusive, they're supposed to stick with the call on the field. And in that case, they did. Touchdown Buccaneers. They said it was not conclusive. The call stands. Our point is, I hear you saying it too, how is that Safarian Jenkins play conclusive? That he fumbled the ball or lost it out uh, inside of the, of the pylon and, and for a touchback. Crazy. And the Jets could have won that game. Would have been a wild fourth straight win. Could have helped them tie the game and win the game. They ended up losing by three to the Patriots. Uh, in the end. All right, so that leads us to the NFL games for this week. You and I have each taken two college underdogs. Where do you want to go for your NFL underdog, Kevin? Well, last week we both took the Steelers, and Steelers won. Now I'm going against the Steelers. They're back at home against the Bengals. Bengals off the bye week, and teams off the bye week last week struggled against the spread. I believe it was one and three. Mm. But out of those four, you had the Falcons, who were big favorites and lost. Broncos are big favorites and lost. Redskins were big favorites, didn't cover. The only ones that did were the Saints uh, as a shortest favorite out of all of them against the Lions. Now you have the Bengals as an underdog going to Pittsburgh. They've lost to the Steelers four straight times. Pittsburgh's feeling really good about themselves after, you know, they think they got the, the ship righted after beating the Chiefs last week. For the Bengals, they started 0-2. I know it was 0-3, but they started 0-2 with the offense really being bad. They had the Green Bay game in the bag before they lost. They beat Cleveland convincingly. They came back and beat a good Buffalo team that has some quality wins this year. I see the Bengals have a little bit of momentum now, and they're still in this AFC North race. That I mean, we throw the Browns out, but Baltimore, we don't know what we're going to get from Baltimore every week. Uh, with the Steelers, they've been up and down in spite of a 4-2 and record. And the Bengals, in spite of that bad start, 
if they could win this game, steal a division victory, and now all of a sudden you'd be what one and two, uh, excuse me, two and one inside the division if you win this game. This is a big one for for the Bengals, and I think that. Cincinnati could probably catch Pittsburgh. You're getting some points on the road. Andy Dalton, the offense, has a little more confidence. I'm going to take the points with the the, uh, Bengals this week. Very interesting. And the Steelers did get kind of the fluky completion to Antonio Brown, the catch-and-run touchdown at the end of that game to help them win. You take those points and however it can happen. Um, and, And, again, as you mentioned, there's kind of been mastery of Pittsburgh over Cincinnati. But maybe this is a spot. Maybe this is a spot for your Bengals uh, in this one. I am going to go with a team that is at home that is an underdog that, that a lot of people may be writing off, at least in the short term, with the potential season-ending injury for Aaron Rodgers with the broken collarbone. The Green Bay Packers at home with the New Orleans Saints in a matchup at Lambeau Field where Brett Hundley will now be their quarterback. Uh, in, in this instance, the Saints are rolling. They, they got a win over... Uh, the, the Detroit Lions, uh, how about this stat? Now, the game had five non-offensive touchdowns last week. Between fumble and interceptions and uh, punt and kickoff returns, the game, the game last week finished 52-38, to took almost four hours to play with all the stoppages for incompletions and scores, and it was the first time in Drew Brees' career as a New Orleans Saint that the Saints rushed for more yards than he threw for, and they won the game. So that that tells you uh, that it rarely happens, but they actually ran it pretty well with Mark Ingram and, and Alvin Kamara. I still like Green Bay, though. I know Rodgers is the is the key component to that offense. Uh, in this spot, they'll rally around Brett Hundley, who's athletic. He can make some plays. They still have outstanding receivers across the board. I, I'm going to take Green Bay at home with everybody potentially writing them off. I think they'll win this game with the New Orleans Saints outright. I will take the five and a half points. The Saints might throw a dud in here. We might see Breeze throw a couple of interceptions. The Packers will rally. The fans at Lambeau will rally around Hundley. I'll take Green Bay, Kevin Rogers. Am I nuts? Am I nuts there with the Packers and the backup quarterback? No, but it says a lot about uh, the Packers that you drop off from Aaron Rodgers to anybody else, and you, you see what where New Orleans is not normally a road favorite, and they're getting this kind of love. And uh, yes, the Saints have played better the last few weeks. I mean, I don't know how much it warrants them being this much of a favorite, but you know it does tell you something. I'm staying away from the game simply because I don't want to trust Brett Hundley. But at the same time, you know now you're asking New Orleans, who's never been a strong road team, to lay this kind of points on the road. And yes, they put up 52 against the Lions, and they played well against the Dolphins. They played well at Carolina, but it, it's still—it's just not. I don't like a matchup like this where we don't really know what Brett Hundley can do. So I don't think there's enough proof there to say that you know we're taking Green Bay because you could plug a guy like that in to somewhat. Uh, substitute for Aaron Rodgers, which is almost impossible. Yeah, will not be easy, that's for sure. So we'll take a look at that matchup, see how it goes. I know Kenny was talking about the Giants and Seattle. I saw where where Vegas uh, in particular took a real beating because so many people were on the Denver Broncos last night. You mentioned teams coming off buys. The Broncos come off a bye playing at home against a bad Giants team and really got dominated. Uh, in that game. Giants now back home with Seattle, who's off the bye, but Seattle going cross-country to play the Giants. That'll be an interesting late game. And and one more, what about the Falcons? Go figure the Falcons playing at New England, who, who lost to Buffalo uh, at home, had the bye, now lost to the Dolphins after leading 17 nothing. If the Falcons lose this game, I mean, there are going to be some real question marks right now about, I mean, I know it's the Super Bowl rematch. Is there a Super Bowl hangover letdown for the Atlanta Falcons if they lose again and New England goes ahead and puts them away Sunday night? I mean, I don't know if there's really a hangover. I mean, if you really want to put in perspective, I mean, you look at a few ways with Atlanta. Number one, you know, they could have lost the Detroit game, but they outplayed Buffalo. Buffalo had a defensive touchdown in that game. Matt Ryan really hasn't been sharp. I mean, you said they were 17-0 on the Dolphins, so it's not like they got whitewashed in that game. They lost that game by three. They just had a bad second half. And now, you know, you get uh, – I mean, I don't know how much really revenge you get if you win this game against New England, considering you still lost the Super Bowl. But if they could win this game over the Patriots, you know, they maybe they feel like, okay, we've had some bad play the last few weeks, and now we can refocus. But, you know, if they lose this game, it just goes to show you – and, again, there's a long way to go in the season – it just goes to show you, we saw with Carolina uh, last year at least, 
how tough it is to get back to the Super Bowl. Like, like you can be – and Atlanta really didn't dominate last year either like Carolina did, and Carolina had a lot of problems getting back to the playoffs, and they didn't end up making it. But it just goes to show you how tough it is. And we've seen with Philadelphia's emergence uh, so far this season. I mean, the Packers were in that conversation before Aaron Rodgers got hurt. But you still have some decent teams. You wonder if Dallas can come back. The Ezekiel Elliott thing is still up in the air. You know, are the Rams for real? Is Seattle going to make a run? That it's tough. It, it really is. And if Atlanta doesn't get that home field advantage, they'd have a lot of problems making it to the Super Bowl again. Well, and uh, and obviously in in, uh, in this instance too, you don't have Kyle Shanahan there as the offensive coordinator with all the success they had the last couple of years. Steve Sarkeesian is now there. Uh, Sarkeesian having bounced around out of college. He's buddies with Dan Quinn from years ago. He's now the offensive coordinator. They're trying to say that, hey, that's not the reason, but it is certainly a contributing reason why they've had trouble scoring touchdowns in the Atlanta offense at this point. We'll see if they if they are able to snap out of it. All right, so there are NFL uh, underdogs. And, uh, Kevin, I, I know we've got baseball playoffs going on, hockey as we talk with Kenny Anderson, the NBA starting up as well as the football, they can find out so much more about all of it. Tell the fans about Vegas Insider and what you have, guys, what you guys have going on there with the website. Yeah, it's a very busy time right now here in October. The only thing going on, or not going on right now, is college basketball, which starts up in a few weeks. But it's just everything is going on at once, and it's really a lot of fun. We'll find out there's going to be in the World Series coming up probably by next week, and we have that. NHL is underway. The NBA is now started up. So we have all of those things, you know, those date, well, baseball almost daily, but in the playoffs, but you know what I mean? But with the NFL and with college that you have, you know, we're going through every single week. We talk about college football and how all these games are very important. You can catch all of our reports on the Big Ten, on the Pac-12, on the Big 12, on all of these conferences, all the previews, as well as the NFL. So many pieces that we have that we put out every single week to get you informed and ready for the week that's coming up, and this is week number seven in the NFL, in which uh, you got a lot of intriguing matchups. So check us out at VegasInsider.com. Also, you could check us out on Twitter at TwitBI. In case you don't get to get to the website there, you can check out the articles that we put on there through Twitter. So you could find that out and some other good nuggets about a lot of these games throughout all the sports. So you can find us at VegasInsider.com and on Twitter at TwitBI. Also find Kevin Rogers at VI Rogers. He's a fun uh, follow on Twitter, so hit him up there at VI Rogers. You can follow this show at Three Dog Thursday. We remind you whether you found us on RadioInfluence.com or find us, uh, subscribe to us on iTunes or on Stitcher. Rate the show, subscribe to the show, and rate to the show. Uh, rate this show on iTunes and Stitcher because then more people will find out uh, about Three Dog Thursday because you'll move us up in the rankings. People will see that, uh, etc. Tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread the word on social media. Follow us on 3DogThursday.com. We're going to have some giveaways going on through our Twitter handle, at 3 Dog Thursday as part of uh, uh, predicting these underdogs in college football and the NFL. So, again, a free plug on that. Kevin, did you have fun? You ready for another weekend of football? Yeah, let's try to go 3-0. Let's try to get some more winners this week. That's all I look for. We will try to do that, Kevin, with Illinois and Kansas State in college as his underdogs, the Cincinnati Bengals in the NFL against the Steelers. I'll take Tulane to keep it close with unbeaten USF. Michigan in the big primetime showdown against Penn State, and then I'll take the Packers on Sunday. Again, depending on what time during the weekend you're listening, especially if you're listening on Saturday or Sunday, you may already know some of these results. But in any event, we're, we're making these picks for Three Dog Thursday. My thanks also to Kenny Anderson, Mr. Chibs, talking some NBA, talking some underdogs with me. Check out his documentary, Mr. Chibs, through Canopy Streaming, with a K, CanopyStreaming.com to find out more about his documentary. For Kevin Rogers, I'm TJ Reeves. Enjoy the underdog this weekend enjoy all the football we'll come back next week with another edition of three dog thursday bye chris landry inviting you to join me for landry football podcast every tuesday and thursday we'll give you the coaching and scouting angle to the college and nfl game film breakdown scouting reports x's and o's the latest inside scoop coaching search information We've got it all for you. I'll take my experiences as a coach and a scout and bring it to you, the fan, to give you access to the best football information on the college and pro level. Join us at LandryFootball.com. And remember, the Landry Football Podcast right here, as well as Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and RadioInfluence.com.